Hey, so before we get into tonight's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank tonight's sponsor, and that is DB Journey again. DB Journey is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's athletes, world's best, excuse me, athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB Journey has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote bag. We here at America's Hometown Horror are teaming up with DB Journey to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB Journey, it's time to move on and time to get going. <laughs> Hail Ratma. <laughs> and away we go. I where you're going with that. <laughs> what is up, folks? What is going on? What is happening? All right, all right. It is time for another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. I am your host, and we are happy to have you back here tonight talking another 2021 horror movie release. And I think we uh, have some good things to say about tonight's topic. But before we get into all that and all of our other shenanigans, as they say, I want to take a moment first to introduce my esteemed co-host. You said it! I'm so excited. Uh, You've heard one. Here she is. Hello, Catherine. Hello. How are you? I'm esteemed. How are you? Good. I'm very, (laughs) very esteemed. Very esteemed. And also next to Catherine, we have Andrew. Hello. Mike, you're very uh, proud of yourself about this one, huh? Uh, I feel like like this is Uh, one of your movies that you're like... And you were so happy when it was great. Oh, absolutely. Which I'm happy there, it was great too, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are certain episodes of this podcast where one of them is specifically... Like, it's an episode where it's a cat episode. Yeah. Or an Andrew episode, or a Mike this episode. This is a Mike episode. It's nice This is it, a Mike episode. It's the two sure. thumbs way, way up, right? Sure. Already? Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, I, I have to say, <laughs> the, the returns on this investment, I've been pounding my chest for VHS 94 since the news broke earlier this summer that it was going to be coming out as a Shutter exclusive. So I have to say, you know, good job by me. I have to say. Good job you by me. You killed it. You nailed but it. But hey, before we get into all that, as I mentioned before, you know, let's uh, bullshit a little bit. What do we got going on? We have a, one newsworthy piece of uh, thing to watch, yeah. or excuse me, not to watch, to talk about. And, of course, the thing that I'm referring to here is the uh, much-talked-about, much-discussed trailer for the new Scream movie, which I feel like we've been talking about, like, almost since the inception of this podcast. Not the Christopher Nolan movie of this podcast, but the uh, start of this podcast. This movie has been rumored for a couple years, and it finally has been filmed, and it finally has a trailer out. And it's the uh, long-awaited Scream 5, or just called Scream. Scream, which is very confusing. Yeah, I know. I, I gotta say, I'm not a fan of the title. Although it is in line with a lot of these quote-unquote legacy sequels. Right. Like Halloween, that came out in 2018. Right. Or uh, the new Exorcist movie that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Or, no, not a couple of weeks. Uh, probably next year. And apparently that's just gonna be called The Exorcist again. So I'm not a huge fan of... The same title, yeah. yeah. If it's going to be in the same continuity, same, like, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. But the trailer looks dope, and I feel like I sh- it would only be appropriate if I give you the floor, Catherine, after just watching this, your thoughts. I'm so excited that there's going to be Sydney Prescott 
by Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox playing Gil Weathers, and Deputy Dewey with David Arquette because I they're like love Dewey. the three favorite so characters much. of Scream. And I'm just excited just to see them. I mean, but all in all, like, I mean, watching that, you kind of have that. Like, I mean, I, I kind of had that, like, edge on my seat, like, excitement, like, oh, yes, this is coming mm-hmm. back. It's going to be, like, it's going to be a different story because there's a different protagonist. Mm-hmm. Obviously, but then like Neb Campbell's like, I want to help you. I've been through this, so like right. it's ah, uh, it looks to, awesome. I have, I'm I, 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 I knew you'd react. The entire like, so trailer, glad. so excited. I'm actually kind of glad that I sent it to you three days ago and you didn't watch it. Yeah, so I, that, I could get your I initial reaction. It's like, actually perfect. Yeah. So before I ask you some questions that I have, Andrew, what were your thoughts watching that? Do you think you're into this? What do you think? Tough to say. Um, my thoughts were. I could go the rest of my life, never have seen <laughs> that trailer or any of the other movies called Scream or whatever. Cause or whatever Scream one two three like. <laughs> doesn't. Are you uh, talking about the Scream franchise or slasher movies just in scream general? Franchise in general. Okay. Slashers, I can get down with some slashers. Scream, I could care less. It bores me to death. I'm okay. Bored. I'm bored just seeing that. Wow. Okay. okay. So two polar opposite reactions. Great. Thanks, so Kat, <laughs> I would ask you this. This has been one of the not biggest... to be different no, either. That's I just fine. don't no. like screaming. You're that's entitled fine. to your opinion. It's fine. Hey, I'm entitled hey. to my phantasm opinion. You're entitled to your scream opinion. It's all right. It's, it's all good. what makes us different that right. makes us great. That's why when like, we finally yeah. find a movie that we all like, I'm like, yeah. Wow. An, an, ex- an example of that, by the way. Um, Tonight, you know, when we were uh, doing Gateway Horror with Tony from Spooky World, the movie. We all knew the categories that we were going to talk about. It felt like right away. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have diverse interests in horror. But what else? So one of the biggest things, and I'm sure upon multiple more viewings, you'll pick up on the fact that they definitely were trying to recreate some of the original shots Absolutely. from Scream yes. in it, right? But obviously, for a modern audience, right? Lots of technology here, texting, yes. like the manual unlocking of the doors and everything, like. What do you think about that in the Scream franchise? Fan, not a fan. That's been one of the biggest criticisms online about, you know, this trailer. I mean, I think if they're adjusting to modern times, like to present day, you kind of have to acknowledge that. It's the same with like the Purge. Hundred percent. You know, I think like you're right. yeah. that they have automatic locks and windows on their. D- I mean, it's the do same. Do you have automatic locks? Uh, no. No, do I? I don't either. No, so. but some people do. You know, yeah, I, people. That, Andrew, uh, I guarantee oh, you, the like elitist, the big money communities. Well, yes. I mean, I, mean, I feel like type people, of people have that, people so have, they should be murdered. I don't really care. People have not necessarily automatic doors, but they have smart doors and smart locks and stuff. That's a thing now. I mean, a lot of people have them. Well, yeah. if you're so, too stupid to lock your door, then you're not smart enough to own one of those. <laughs> I suppose that's, that's true. I think no, I think that honestly like it's it's adapting to present day times and I don't find a problem with that necessarily. I I I'm a fan of it too because you can't I mean unless they were going to set it like directly after Scream 4 which I mean pretty much took place in modern like like you know present day. Right. At that time, yeah. right? Yep. Like how would you not explain I mean, how would you explain not having technology in right. there in some so way, shape, or form? Can we do this at one know? point? Like, can, can, can one of these franchises do something a little bit different? Like, so imagine they took the Scream franchise, and they <laughs> instead of setting it in 2021, they set it in, like, 1930. That'd be kind of cool. Like, something, instead of going forward, That's go good back, yeah. and then do something 
different. That's what they just, just did for, mm. what did we just watch that it had that? Well, the, um, that was kind of They that. had like the oh. 94 and then the... Oh, yeah. uh, Fear Street. Fear, Fear Street. Yeah. Different, yeah, different idea. Different. Not, not what of, I'm talking about, but no, yes, same but I mean, concept. So yes. if they had one today and then the next Scream that comes out, that's the next version was like... But I'm saying like a Nightmare on Elm Ship. Nightmare on Elm Ship. Nightmare on Elm Street and it actually takes place on like the Santa Maria. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could. <laughs> cool. yeah. That could happen. It's like Christopher Columbus getting his Sure. Deal. That's like t- um, The Terror. The Terror was awesome. That's was an underrated like, yeah. show. Yeah. Um, can I tell you though, I thought one of the coolest parts about this trailer was seeing like the old grizzled like almost kind of like Rust and Cole version of, of uh, Deputy, Deputy Dewey. Dewey. He's got, like, the gray beard and the gray hair, and it shows him, like, he's clearly living in, like, a trailer, and, like, his place is a dump. You can tell he clearly never, ever got over the Scream case. Yeah. He's like, hey, it's happening again. This one feels different. And then it shows the badass shot of him, like, walking through, like, the hospital hallway with a gun. And then all of a sudden it shows him, like, all the bullet shells like fall onto the ground. It's like, yeah, he just he just emptied that fucking that Colt Magnum, and he's reloading right now to try and kill this guy. Yeah, I I love me some David Arquette. Give me give me Deputy Dewey all, all fucking day. day. Yeah, I love Agreed. it. Yeah, that's I'm the part sorry. I'm the most excited for. But it was cool to see like Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, like all reprising their roles. Yeah, I feel like Courtney Cox doesn't have much to do these days outside of like Friends reunions and uh, that type of thing. <laughs> And, and Botox uh, Nev, Nev Camp, yeah, oh yeah, Courtney Cox looking a little rough, a little yeah, rough, too mu- a little too much Botox. Oh my yeah. gosh! But what? Anyway, so uh, the Scream trailer is online. If you haven't seen it yet, I mean, go watch it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it'll get you pumped up for the new Scream movie, which is coming uh, January twenty twenty two. Or don't. Or don't if you're Andrew. Uh, Andrew, last week I talked about a movie called No One Gets Out Alive on Netflix. I recommended it, and you watched it. I did. Uh, Your thoughts? Uh, Excellent movie, Michael. Two for two. Two for two this week, Mike. Mm. The movie's awesome. Very weird. I have nice taste in Um, movies. (laughs) I'm not surprised in the least, because starting off, it didn't really seem like a Mike movie. It seemed like an Andrew movie, Mm. and he lied to me. A lot of subtitles in this movie. Um, <laughs> you, you lied to me. It's like 50% subtitles. Half I mean, the conversations see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really notice it that much. Uh, Portuguese and, and Spanish. I mean, or, I, I guess. I get maybe or it's Russian. Or, or, yeah, maybe maybe more than I thought initially. So it's like... But it's, you you keep the subtitles on anyway. Who cares? I do. But you know what fucks me up sometimes is like these lower rate movies. Not this one. Uh, when I was watching VHS, actually... I would have subtitles over subtitles. They'd be like speaking foreign language, and then oh. what the guy was saying was underneath, and I was like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's that's a problem. That's yeah, a problem. that was annoying. Um, yeah. Oh, I have to say, awesome. since, since you just uh, you're excited about this movie, and I know you're pumped up. Um, somebody gave us a three star review in the last uh, hey, months. I'll tell you, last month or so. Excuse me. What was their reason? Um, they hate and me. they said I really wanted to like this one, but there's a lot of screaming into the microphone. Uh, it hurts my ears. I believe was or some version of that. So they're not wrong, but you know you could just give us a five star review and still write the comments and we still listen. Do you know which episode it was? I don't know. For the record, I don't know. Never have I screamed in anybody's ears. I've screamed into a microphone. Right, but, but you have to think about what it sounds like. I was like also just thinking, you know, like when that Craig did that noise. That, that was that probably worse. That could have been it. Because yeah. yeah. that was, that, a, like, like, when I scream, if 
I barely am audible half the time. I know. Yeah, I know. It's but hard you to hear you me. go from zero to a hundred <laughs> in about a half second. So, so are you trying to say something? All right. Like so that? no, I'm just trying to say that <laughs> to that don't person. Yell into the microphone. <laughs> so sorry. No, all of us need Andrew, to do a better job of it. So to that quiet. person, I hope you give us another chance. If you uh, see this, if you hear this, excuse me. Uh, don't take it as a criticism. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, be better. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry for all the subtitles on No One Gets Out Alive. No, what no, do you no, think I, about the movie? I'm fine with subtitles, but when I asked you, is that the movie with a bunch of subtitles? Or in like a different language? I didn't said, think it was. Said, no. I mean, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. So you so. lied to me. Well, I, I paid attention to the movie, but Wish I didn't know. you were a liar, Andy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry that I okay, made you watch um, a good movie. Was Red and Beckett played by the same person? No, the two brothers? Yeah, did no. they like me? Okay. No, I thought two that different was possible actors. for a bit. Uh, Red, what, has he, what have I seen him in before? Uh, Ozark. Ozark. And he's been in a bunch of stuff yeah, he's where he very plays familiar like a redneck. Yeah. Um, um, he was awesome. The guy that played the intimidating older brother with the beard that was Beckett bald. Or Becker. Do you know, this is going to be a really big deep cut, the Geico commercial that they do for Halloween. The caveman? Oh, no. The one where they it shows all the teenagers and they're willingly like running from horror situation oh, to horror situation. Let's go shows, hide in the woods. Yep, and it shows like, the guy with the chainsaw. Yeah, he just like, pull, he pulls his mask up and he's just like, that's he shakes the guy? his head. That is the guy that plays the brother. Well, he's moving How up about in the that world. Randomly, huh? He's been in a Geico commercial and uh, <laughs> yep. a movie. I'm sure he's been in a bunch of other <laughs> stuff, but like with uh, my with my crazy without, mind. So we can't that's spoil this because yeah. no one's you haven't seen it. No, uh, yeah, yeah but, so but but that monster at the end. Oof. Well, you just spoiled it, so um, no, because there's monsters. <laughs> There's ghosts. I feel like the marketing for this movie, you'd think it was a I mean, for you to say monster at the end, I don't movie. feel like necessarily spoils it, because I don't know what the hell you're talking about, and I haven't seen it. So. All right, then. You're not even listening. Maybe not. Anyway. No, I'm listening. I'm contributing. Um, awesome movie. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. Very, um, I could, like I said, I could see why it was a Michael movie at the end. Yeah. During it, though, it didn't feel like a Michael movie, so I'm surprised that you... Uh, well, I I had seen high recommendations for it, and I saw it was from the same people as I mentioned to you, like out, out, outside the podcast, the, the people that did the Ritual yeah. on Netflix, which I fucking love that movie. That movie's awesome. So the story, the the book that this was based on, was written by the same guy that wrote the book, The Ritual, and then David Bruckner, who directed The Ritual. Oh, was those the are producer. Books? Oh yeah, these are both books. Have you read them? I have not actually. Um, this is the first time I've Kat, ever found have out. Have you read these? No. Yeah, Kat is <laughs> have you not. read these, Definitely Andrew? <laughs> Negative. Uh, I didn't even know they were. Uh, but uh, <laughs> safe, they, safe to say, they, and um, anyway. if you've somehow <laughs> still listening through this, if you haven't fast forwarded, uh, Andrew and I both recommend No One Gets Out Alive uh, very highly. Check that movie out if it's somehow passed you by at this point. And sorry for uh, doing kind of spoilers. But well, anyway, that's not a spoiler. Other than that, uh, guys, as of this recording, Halloween Kills is out now, and we'll be posting a review of that movie next week. Another 2021 movie. This is what I said to you guys earlier. Like, so far this year has not been great for horror movies, but like we're coming into like the the, the heavy hitting season. I mean, with this movie tonight, Halloween Kills, Candyman. last night in Soho, yeah, Candyman came out. Oh, okay. I know you love. I was, eh. but yeah. So we're getting we're getting into the uh, into the big time season. All right, we ready for VHS ninety four? Yes. All right. So I have to ask you both because again, this was a this was a Mike recommendation. Uh, was 
I want to know both of your familiar familiarity familiar. with the VHS franchise as a whole. Have you seen the other movies? Did you like the other movies? Did you have favorite segments from other movies? Andrew, I will give it to you because I know you probably uh, I've were seen, a fan of I, some of these I've movies. I've seen parts of, like, I can only remember, like, a couple segments. Uh, one was the... One with, like, there's, like, three dudes and this weird girl. Yeah, she's that's like in the first one. So, in, first and that's, one. I feel like, not to cut you off, but, like, that's Very. a good part about these movies. They're anthologies. So, you might not necessarily remember the movie, but you remember the segments, right? Like, you always forget that The Raft is actually in Creepshow 2, despite the fact that it's one of the best Creepshow segments. Yeah, exactly. Movies. Segments, that's why I yeah. love anthologies. Agreed, because, you know, it's like, okay, you don't like one story, there's two or three more in this movie. I feel like I need to, upon watching this movie, because, like, you know, as you, as you, as you grow older, you change, so your, your likes, your dislikes all change, and I, for some reason, didn't want to watch the VHSs when I was younger, and now I feel like, Why? Like, I should be watching these, because I, now I need to go back and re-watch all the other ones that I haven't seen, because I'm you sure totally they're awesome, should. because I love anthologies. So, why I didn't watch these before is beyond me, but the few segments that I have ha- have seen, Mike showed me another segment, I forget what it was. It's um, called Safe Haven, it's from VHS2, and that is, I th- still think, the best segment of the entire series. But it, it's funny, because um, you love Southbound. Yes. Which is a great anthology, and one of the directors of Southbound, like the the directors, two, like there were multiple directors of Southbound. Um, they were all involved in this series. Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same type of people doing these movies as they were doing like Southbound. Yeah. I don't understand so, why I wouldn't yeah. want to watch that. Yeah, you totally should. What about you? I was going to say, so it's kind of funny that you say that, because I remember the last time we watched the VHS movie, we were in Quincy, mm-hmm. when you lived in Quincy, and I remember hating it. Like, I didn't like it at all. I was just like, this is a knockoff to, like, it's not it's not an actual, like, fa- I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed so fake to me that I hated the VHS movies when we first watched them. Okay. And I think even you watched the V. I don't even know if I watched. V- I might maybe I did, but like I didn't remember it. Necess- it wasn't memorable. I'll say. Um, but it's funny that Andrew says that because I feel like this one I could I looked at a little bit differently than I feel like what I remember from when I watched the first VHS when we were watching it in Quincy at one point. Sure. And I just remember hating it. But this I don't. I. I don't hate. And I feel like it's extremely similar to the other ones, and I feel like for some reason I don't know why I You know exactly what you're getting with these movies. So it's funny that you say that because I kind of feel the same way in that sense. I saw the first one in theaters, and it was fucking awesome. Why am I not surprised by that? Yeah, because I'm a fucking lunatic. But yeah, I went with my buddy Sean. We saw it in theaters. It was great. And I'm, I'm just such a huge fan of this franchise. I know I've... Again, this is a Mike episode. This is a Mike movie. I've been very excited for this movie since it was announced because I feel like the original three, as they kept coming out, they were decreasing in quality overall from one to the next. Now, with that being said, the first one is fantastic. The second one is good and has the overall best, still the best segment in all of the VHS franchise. And the third one is okay. There's some winners. 
there's some losers. And I feel like this one is right up there with the first one as probably the best. I would put this one right neck and neck with the first one overall. See, I have uh, literally, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this because I have not seen enough of them. And I can only think that my only reason for not wanting to watch these is because at this point in time, I, I, I like when, because these are like what, the earliest one was what, 12 years ago? 10 years ago? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think it was, I think it was 10 years ago. 10 years yeah, ago. I probably it was, was just years. like, yeah. I was probably like, meh, yeah. stupid. But then in reality, I look back and I go, I love grainy horror. I love cheesy fucking physical <laughs> practical effects practical I can never get I it know, right I know you never remember that yeah, yeah. oh it drives me insane people must listen to me like is that guy an idiot well one, one thing that one thing that I'll say too like I I don't like if you don't like the found footage genre genre of film genre? or more specifically the found footage genre of horror genre. films you're saying genre genre <laughs> I can understand why you might not like these movies because they're all shot in a very shaky cam kind of style. But for me, I love those movies. Found footage horror has always been one of my favorite subgenres. When of horror. done right, when done correctly, absolutely. And I mean, Jesus Christ! I think I think one of the first R-rated movies I saw in theaters, Andrew was uh, the Blair Witch Project, and holy shit, that so, movie fucked me up. That yeah. was one of my notes about, like, if you were going to do overall thoughts on this movie, was, like, yeah. I enjoyed that it was being shot like the Blair Witch Project. But it's so funny, because I feel like I contradict my own thoughts, because, like, like I... Even, when like, I, but when I first watched the first VHS movie, like, mm-hmm. what I was just talking about, like, I hated that it was shot like that, because it, it looked more fake than... The Blair Witch Project, but I enjoyed watching this and being like, "Oh, it was shot like the Blair Witch Project." I kind of like that. Yeah. But I don't know why I think that now versus when I thought that I didn't like that then. See, I, I've all I've I, I don't just, know. I've just always been a fan of found footage. I mean, I love the Blair Witch movies. I love the Paranormal Activity movies, especially the first one. I mean, the, the sequels I don't give a shit about, but like, those are prime examples of found footage being terrifying. Blair Witch Project is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and I think the original Paranormal Activity is a really scary movie too. Yeah, holds up very, very well. Have you seen the one well. about the Jersey Devil? No, it I have predates not. Blair Witch. I think it came out in '97. I think footage. you've told me about this Talk before. About this. I can't remember the name of it. Very fucking weird. Okay, but like you have to remember too, it's it comes out two years before Blair Witch, so it's not the quality is yeah. very subpar. Very interesting story, though. Great, scary. Okay, I'll check it out. I don't know what it's called for sure. Uh, can I? Uh, can can the I? Last. Go ahead. The, the last, last broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. The last broadcast. Okay, mm-hmm. I will definitely check that out. Okay, can you what? Can I lay a couple of names on you guys in some of the movies? To play those uh, I mean, names you can all name over them, my face. But I don't know so, if I'm so some, know some, them. some of so basically the VHS franchise since its beginning has been a launching pad for up and coming directors that want to do horror. Can I give you some of the names of some of these directors in some of the movies? Yes, yeah, James James Bond. Yeah, James Bond. Um, so <laughs> Adam James Bond. James Bond's been around well I'm before just that. Saying, maybe. Okay, did you sorry. really just call James Wan James Bond? No, no you, you did. did. She said James Wan, and you said, yeah, James, James Bond. Bond. I thought she said James Wan. <laughs> no. Me. No, no, that's my mistake. So uh, Adam Wingard, who, oh. who directed one of the segments of the first movie, he went on to direct your next, The Guest, 
the Blair Witch reboot, which was awesome, Death Note, and Godzilla vs. Kong, which we talked about on this show. I don't like any of those movies. I love your next. And The Guest is yeah, awesome, too. Yeah, I like too. your next. And actually. so the do. Guest? So is the Blair Witch sequel. Are you kidding me? I He's awesome. That. Wait, or the Blair the, Witch wait, sequel. The, uh, the one that we... No, no, no. Not that one. Oh. The one that we saw in theaters. This is oh, called Blair yeah. Witch. Yeah. Oh, I haven't okay. seen that. It's great. It was oh, good. Oh, my God. It's so good. No, uh, I was like, so, did they do the second one? Book of Shadows? The uh, Curse of Evers? Whatever? Not that one. In addition to that, <laughs> David Bruckner... Uh, who oh, directed a segment of Southbound. He directed a movie called The Ritual, which we already talked yep. about. He also directed No One Gets Out Alive, which I feel like we yep. just talked about. And uh, he's also directing the upcoming reboot of a movie called uh, Hellraiser. They're doing a reboot of Hellraiser? Uh-huh. Yep. Is it's it called Hellraiser? I don't, I don't, it's called Hellraiser. I don't wow. know. Why, are, why yeah, is everyone doing that? Okay, so if you're going to do Hellraiser, my first choice for... The Hellraiser yes. is... Um, Pinhead? Nope. Um, Howie Mandel. No! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Could you imagine a Hellraiser with Howie Mandel as... Just a, 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 a germaphobe um, Pinhead? I will, okay. I will Photoshop that for you, yeah. and we will... Like, we will we I will would like ahead. a t-shirt of that. Uh, also, uh, in, in these series of movies was a guy named Ty West who directed The Sacrament, which we watched. Oh, yeah. I was like, a oh. criminally underrated horror movie. It's almost kind of like... Uh, it was really good, actually. Like the Jonestown Massacre type thing. Oh, I've seen that with that's that very, fucking very weird good. looking dude. Yeah, it's the guy like... from No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yes. which is so... Yeah, that's yeah. who it is. <laughs> the one. He directed that. That guy. Everything is on And also, <laughs> uh, probably the most famous is, is a direct... A director group called Radio Silence. This is three guys, and uh, they directed a segment of Southbound. They directed Ready or Not, which is a fantastic fucking movie that came out a couple years ago. Kind of launched the career of uh, what's her name, the guy from uh, uh, The Matrix. What's her name? Samara. Samara Weaving. Uh, She's Hugo Weaving from The Matrix. Her his daughter. Okay, but who is that in The Matrix? Is that Mister? That's he's like the Mr. Andrews. He Mr. or she? That you keep he, saying he, 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 he. he. <laughs> like Just, I'm very like, confused. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Good God! I finally so, yeah, figured uh, it Southbound, out. ready or not, and also he's Radio Silence. Wait, he's the agent. Yes, the yes, main agent. Yes. Okay, that's all you had to say. You so, uh, say he, he's he's so that, that group, Radio the Silence. Agent, that's what I said. That group, Radio Silence, directed a segment of Southbound, directed Ready or Not, and they are also directing the Scream sequel that we just watched the trailer for. Wonderful. Those guys. Yeah. All right, so we've seen a good amount of horror movies this year, I would say. Um, I know Andrew and I reviewed the most recent 2021 horror movie that we talked about on this podcast. And that movie, Malignant, was, I think, both of our favorite movie of the year so far. Tough to... Uh, I, I don't have this ranked too far behind it, I will say. Um, I'll give you some other movies that came out this year that we have talked about. I was going to say, about. don't even ask me, because I feel like there's like no, no, no. 10 movies now that we've already there's, talked there, about. There's a lot. Year. I just want to give you guys a reminder, and then tell me what movies you liked better than top this. Top three, top three. Okay? Top three of the year so far. Better after this movie. than VHS. No, just before. your top three. So, so just we better. have, as you know, as I just mentioned, Malignant, which we just talked about, Spiral from the Book of Saw, Fear Street 1666, Fear Street 78, no One Gets Out Alive, Wrong Turn, Fear Street 1994, Candyman, A Quiet Place Part 2, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Godzilla vs. Kong, 
and Willy's Wonderland, which, again, only I have seen that. That movie sucked. <laughs> so, I would have to say, where does this rank for you? What are your favorite ones of the year so um, far? Catherine, go right ahead. Above this, I say, why doesn't, first off, why doesn't Fear Street be its own thing? Why do you have to separate them into separate? Because I feel like the three, the three, the three movies, movies are, ah. are, are, like, in, in varying quality. I'm sorry to say. Okay, well that kind of changes things. So I'm gonna say. What, uh, what did you like better than this? Spiral. I like Spiral better. Okay. And I liked Fear Street as a whole better. Okay. That's fine. You can say that's it. fine. That's um, totally I liked fine. the whole. I liked watching all three of them. Okay. Better yep, than we this. We know that. We got that. And I liked Quiet Place too. Better than this. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah. Andrew, what about you? I mean, you? But that's just, I'm biased. I, I kind of stick to my guns, so. I guess. It's a terrible list. Um, Malignant. You forgot Mortal Kombat. Malignant. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. Malignant 1. VHS 94 2. Mm-hmm. Candyman 3. Yeah. I have Malignant 1, This 2, and Spiral from the Book of Saw number 3, personally. Um, I also am a big fan of the Fear Street movies, but I think that... Uh, Probably Malignant, this movie, and Spiral from the Book of Saw, alongside Midnight Mass, that Netflix series, are probably the best horror things this year by far. I, I think everything else is kind of low. What about, actually, I'd say, what about the new season of What We Do in the Shadows? Because that's great. Bomb. Oh, that's, a, that's great. <laughs> it's so say. good this year. It's so good. So I was like, that's have, actually. That was one of the things we have been watching. That's actually it's, a great call. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I feel that's like we been keep, keep phenomenal. forgetting to mention that. This season Andrew, is it's, awesome. it's an absolute crime that you don't watch that show but i digress so some quick facts about vhs 94 this is the fourth movie in the vhs franchise first one was called vhs second one was called vhs 2 third one was called vhs viral and now we have vhs 94 uh there are several directors and several producers for this movie okay so the directors uh Jennifer Reeder, who directed the wraparound segment called Holy Hell, that's the title. Chloe Akuno directed Storm Drain, the Ratma segment. And then Simon Barrett directed The Empty Wake, which that title is probably self-explanatory for the plot of the whole thing. Timo Tajanjanto, I apologize if I mispronounced that, directed um, The Subject. And he also directed, Andrew, for the record, Safe Haven from VHS 2, which I still think is the best segment from any of the VHS movies. Great, great segment. Yeah. And then uh, Ryan Prowse, who I've never heard of. Good for him. He directed the last segment called Terror. It which makes was sense the one with the militia group. The third one, the one that you said, um, the... Um, They're very similar. Safe Haven and the safe, subject. Very, very, very similar. Extremely similar. So it's almost like... Do you get credit for that, or do you? Are you just riding on the coattails of something else you've done? Because, like, be a little imaginative with it. That's all I'm saying. Like, you, you can, you can. Ride I thought it. this was a very different idea from what he had in the first one. So, yeah, I thought I that was the weakest segment. Really? It, it, from the, it was too clear. Wow. And it was, it was too fucking. It was a little too corny. Like it was too. There was something about it that was just so fake. That that's just because as soon as someone came on, I almost wanted to fall asleep. Wow, I am so surprised to hear you say that because I thought that was probably the strongest segment of the entire movie. Oh, but, I thought the Ratman uh, one was the best. Okay, fair enough. Well, we can get into our favorites and our non-favorites. 
Um, so, so we listed all the directors just a second ago, but um, there were also a lot of producers for this movie. Individually, people on set: Josh Goldblum, Brad Mishka, who is the uh, founder, one of the founders of Bloody Disgusting. Wait, John Goldblum. No, 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 no. John <laughs> Josh Goldblum. Brad Mishka and Curtis David Harder were the three producers who were on set every day. Not the guy from Jurassic Park. But the, uh, so, no, 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 not not Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. (laughs) And then in addition to that, um, the production companies that backed this movie, first one, our friends at Bloody Disgusting. They nice. produce movies from time to time, and they are they back all of these VHS movies, cool. which is another reason that I love them. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Radio Silence Productions, those are the guys that are doing the new Screams reboot, and then also uh, Shudder original films. So, came out on Shudder, produced by Bloody Disgusting and Radio Silence. I think that's a recipe for success, I'd say. Principal photography for this movie was completed during the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, which I feel like is especially impressive because you have to kind of get creative. And I feel like they did with a lot of the shots in this movie, right? Uh, According to producer Josh Goldblum, again, not Jeff Goldblum, Josh (laughs) Goldblum, uh, the production teams built sets in hotels and conference rooms and, quote, in the spirit of, uh, of the series Punk Rock Roots, they even ventured underground into a sewer, which is going to come up in another segment that we're going to talk about. Uh, during Comic-Con at Home in 2020, the discussion panel on the film, uh, basically uh, Goldblum added that the filmmakers had gone, quote, very era authentic with this iteration of VHS, utilizing older video equipment, physical uh, tape transfers, and digital effects to make each segment look like amateur video from the 1990s. I feel like that makes sense, and that kind of bleeds through into all of these. You mentioned that the the doctor one, uh, it's called the the subject. That one is in HD. That feels like the most high tech like, yeah. of all. Of them. That's probably why I didn't like it. As yeah. But the, the rest of them, I feel like they're grainy, gritty. It feels like they, they were right. recorded yeah. in right. the nineties. That's exactly. my. That was my own. That's yeah. why I didn't like that one as much because yeah. it didn't. Fit. It's supposed to be a found footage, yeah. and it doesn't feel like a found footage movie. Yeah, that was a good segment, but it, I, I don't know if it fit as much within the VHS universe. No, because even though it might have been else, my favorite everything else segment was of kind of, of them, so. You know? That's here's my uh, you know it grinds my 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 my, grinds my, my gripe ears. Is that everything was moving in unison, like the whole lead-in, the first segment, the second segment, and then that segment shows up and it throws off. The whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It literally was completely out of place and didn't belong in there. It was almost like this. So here's my my thought. My quick, I, I think it's so, just, it's so, so interesting the fact, because so the, the fact, absolute opposite opinion of so what the I fact have. I love, that love to hear This it, yeah. guy had the the safe haven episode that he directed, right? And that's like what you said was like the best one. Yep. Right? Yep. Almost like that he knew he was directing this one and he got a big head. And he overshadowed what was trying to be done with this movie and kind of fucked it up. Because it doesn't fit at all. It doesn't belong there and it shouldn't be in there. Segment one, two, and four all seem to meld together. And then you have this one that's like, it's like someone having a heart attack. Like it's like a pulse. Like it's out of control. Doesn't belong there. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't fit the story. Doesn't follow the storyline. And almost... This is when I almost fell asleep, was when this segment came on. Like, I didn't, I was like, 
I was kind of disappointed. It kind of threw me off because it didn't fit anything. It didn't belong there. See, I am I am legit shocked to hear you say that because I knew that you and I both liked this movie when we talked earlier. I thought for sure we were going to agree that no. we thought this was the best segment of the entire thing. No, I, Ratman is my favorite segment. I okay. thought that was All awesome. Right. Like this, I, I just for I what mean, it was, I like the understand movie doesn't fit. I, I will I will grant you that it definitely does break the the mold of like the grainy '90s footage, which is a little jarring. But I feel like they kind of like okay, the, the, you know, as filmmakers, I say to you like, okay, just take this with a grain of salt. It's another story that's awesome. It was a good story, but it definitely doesn't fit within like the visual. No, like, it doesn't. Structure it doesn't the fit with the general story. Right. It doesn't belong there. But Everything they're all, else, they're all different stories, though. I don't know if that no, matters. no, they all there was. It's the way it was I shot. Can, I don't know how to. I, no, it's not even the way the shot. I don't know how to to verbalize this, but it didn't fit in the general story. It was completely out of place, and I just know this just based off the fact that it gave me a different vibe when I was watching it. Whether it has to do with the HD effects or not, it didn't fit in the general story. Like, the first, like, it was, it kind of felt forced. It didn't feel like it belonged. Yeah. Wow. That's all okay. I'm saying. I, I love it because it's a different opinion than mine. I thought that was the coolest segment of the whole thing. I thought oh, it was a great was segment, awesome. but it had no business in that story. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can I give you some of the uh, influences the directors of this movie yes. actually said they had in terms of past horror movies? Oh, yeah. Video footage of the Waco, Texas siege. Interesting. OJ, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. OJ Simpson's Bronco Chase. Huh. The Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding assault. What? And the Heaven's Gate religious cult. Oh, see, I felt. See, that's. Which most of that stuff is found all, footage. Like, yeah. like, like, like that actual, last. Like, like the last. VHS. One, yeah. I immediately thought Ruby Ridge, Waco. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it felt like. Yep. That's why Blanc, that's why yeah. the third segment didn't fit. Mm. Because all the other ones were like, maybe because it was, didn't take place. It was too so like, I was thinking like before American you comment, Before you comment I further, so two, two of the directors, Jennifer Reeder and uh, Timo Tajanto, uh, I, again, I apologize if I mispronounced that, mentioned uh, David Cronenberg's Videodrome and the infamous... Infamous? Infamous? infamous Mondo <laughs> shockumentary Faces of Death as inspirations respectively. So I can feel like I can see it with video drama. It was too futuristic. Okay, that's fine. It was fine. too it was too much for what the other ones were. The other ones were like in present day this was like some Yeah, it should have been more like you're not sense. making like a robotic human with a you're making the exactly. fly. Or something just exactly. like basic, like yeah. you're not. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, that's the only problem I have. It was, it didn't fit the. It was I a agree. great story I in agree. itself, but it just didn't belong. Yeah, one of these things aren't like the other. One of those things are not. Like and it was the, the one other. that wasn't yeah. like the other. It was okay. forced. It I, felt I, forced. I agree with Andrew. I agree with Andrew. You know what? Now, now that you've mentioned that, I understand where you're coming from, and I actually, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it took place in ninety. Awesome segment. Great segment. Just didn't belong. That wouldn't take place in ninety four. Absolutely not. No. I mean, it very well could be. No, but, no, no. But the the video evidence did not look like yeah. it took place in ninety four. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, before we move on to our next thing, guys, just a reminder that tonight's episode is brought to you by DB Journey. Hey, so DB Journey is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB Journey's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB Journey has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB Journey's patented hookup system, you're able to attach your smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote bag. Tote bag. <laughs> Bad. Jesus tote Christ. Tote baby. We are teaming up here at America's Hometown Horror with DB Journey to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. That's P-O-D-1-0. Or going to the link in our show notes, DB Journey. It's time to move on, and it's time to get going all right guys so again we're talking about vhs 94 we're moving into our categories now so we talked a little bit about this already just we don't have to go into super detail um instead of favorite scene i'm going with favorite segment of the five four or five so uh, anyone want to start i liked the scene the last scene with the girls who bashed the guy's head in with the camera because i think it was just it was just pure, raw, like, violence. I mean, it was just... But it was also, like, girl power. It was like, you know what? We're here to be your, like... You know... she. They say a bunch of, like, the snuff film, whatever. And, like, they say all this stuff. And, like, we're the ones behind the scene. That's what they say in the... Okay. And they're like, yeah. no, we know. then they're like, we're the girls who like dress up in like these things. And then all of a sudden you see this girl and you see her face and you see a camera lens like cracking, but you don't necessarily know what's going on, but you kind of do. And well, then they, that's why they're doing the drug bust right. from the beginning is because of those right. girls, which is actually them yes. who are part of the raid team. Yes. And then that. they, and then they flash to the guy's head, just bashed in and you're like, whoa. Wow. That was pretty aggressive. But I think that that was, at the same time, I'm like, that, that was kind really? of memorable for me. Sweet. That was pretty good. Girl power. Girl power. Andrew, what's your favorite segment? Uh, Ratman. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a feeling. the Ratman scene. Which like, is actually called, uh, it's actually not called Ratman. It's called, uh, what is it called? Uh, the st- uh, Storm Drain or something Storm like Drain. That? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... It's just so good. It's like a news crew trying to find the rat man that lives on the sewage, and they find these weird people, these like weird mongoloid humans, and the guy's like throwing up blood. It's like gross. And then you finally get to see the rat man. That didn't disappoint, by the way. That That was cool. That was an awesome creature. The rat man was awesome. And I love the fact that they played off of the fact that like if someone spit up their gross venom on you, and you didn't burn alive, right? Then you were perhaps chosen by the Rat Man and part of a higher yeah higher because then you get yeah. to the uh, sh- so Holly who was involved in that whole Rat Man scene now is a co-anchor on the news and then uh, she has a case of the uh, hiccups or the throw ups or whatever it is and she just spews venom on her co-anchor's face and he starts burning alive and she just acts like nothing happened. It was so fucking. Yeah. It was just so weird. I loved that whole segment. It was awesome. She just substitutes Ratma in for certain words, and she's just like, hail Ratma. Yeah. yeah. So weird. That's uh, the best quote from the movie, I feel like, is hail Ratma. So. I actually liked, can I just 
inter interject here. Okay, go ahead. Always. Um, I wrote this down because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, he was in the sewers, and then he looked at me, you know, like that fucking clown. <laughs> Like yeah, like, a like uh, pen, Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, good call. I was like, that was pretty cool. Very good call. <laughs> I like it. I like so it. I'd say uh, normally, uh, you know, the the more and more Andrew talked about it, I I kind of agree with him. I would normally say my favorite uh, segment was the subject, which was the uh, the one that was shot in HD, with the robot humanoids, blah blah all that shit. But I feel like I have to roll with Terror, the last uh-huh. segment. Yeah. Um, it does, as Andrew mentioned, fit better within the theme of this movie. It's shot like the rest of the stories in this movie. Uh, and it's also got a really cool story that ends with a really cool monster. Yeah. And some of the best kills in the entire movie, in my opinion. So I think uh, that segment probably takes the cake for me. I, I can see why they maybe left it for the end. Um, I think probably, I mean, I like them all, but I think, I think that one takes the cake for me, followed by, uh, uh, what's it called? The subject. And then the storm drain one, which is the Ratma yeah. one. They were all, they, those three were the best for me and they were all great. The so. Lovecraftian effect on monsters now is like very evident. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like the vampire in that last one seemed like a very Lovecraftian one. The movie we watched, um, no one gets out alive. That monster was very Lovecraftian, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only reason I say that was more right there. 94 was because that felt like a Waco Ruby Ridge story. It definitely like, did. Yeah. Patriotic right wing lunatics. They're gonna defuse. They're gonna set off a bomb. Instead, the bomb's a vampire that they yeah. let out. Like it's an awesome. It was what, like a, a what a unique. I have not seen a more unique vampire story than that. To be honest, it was cool. It was very cool. They were designed like a Venus flytrap. I oh, it, it was the predator. Was, yeah, it was fucking cool. yeah. awesome. Um, so I know we all just picked our favorite segments. Does anybody think another one aside from their favorite was scarier than the one you picked? Scarier? Uh, scarier. What was the, the scariest? One, what was the scariest? So the one I liked the least was probably the scariest. That was the the wake one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. like that one. That was terrifying. Like if you're in a funeral home by yeah. yourself with a corpse in a thing, yeah. and it's and it comes out and its body's melting and it can only yeah. hear you. Or, yes, half a head. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's that was fucking call. weird. Yeah, and then the tornado rips through and then she gets out. Yeah, I didn't really like the ending. Like that whole thing seemed yeah. like it wasn't really. It's kind of weak. It was kind of just like that one didn't fit anything either. Okay. That one didn't make any I, sense. I um, think I agree with you on that one. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, so, <laughs> my favorite quote from the movie that's not a lot to quote is, Hail Ratma. I, I like the quote where the, the same, uh, so the three, the two girls say the same three things, like salvation is, or uh, what is it? Like, it's like their mantra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something is forever. Salvation is forever. Salvation is forever. Or something like that, yeah. Sacrifice is something like. And then they, one of them says it at like towards the end, and you're like, oh. Definitely. You pick yep. up on it. Yep. Um, I would say in terms of favorite character and least favorite character, what I had down was uh, I was a big fan of the mad scientist from the uh, the subject, uh, Dr. Suhendra. And then the least favorite character I had was the crazy religious person that was, uh, you know, the puppet behind Rashma because he was a douche. 
Yeah. So, that was an interesting segment, though, where different. they did, like, the lead-in, yeah. where he was, like, talking about it, like, on the news. I yeah, like, that, was good, that was a good that. tease. That was good. But, like, I, tease, I didn't really understand, but... like, why he was down in the sewers defending homeless people. I didn't really get uh, that. He was yeah. all about the rising of uh, the Ratma. Okay. He was, well, like, the Hell's sense. Gate... Like kind of lunatic guy. We're gonna leave uh, cast replacements alone because these are you all amateur actors. Didn't even ask me anything. Like, you, did you have a I, favorite? Am I out of all of this? Did you have a like, favorite? I was like, I even no, you're, you're in, like, not. We brought it up randomly. Like, it wasn't a point of contention. <laughs> I thought this was categories. I was I skipping past around. parts that I didn't think there would be much to talk about. But if you have a, a favorite character and a least favorite well, you character, said the, then go ahead. You didn't say the reporter from that, right? I did she not. sucked. She did suck. Holly was awesome. She when sucked. She threw up on no. that guy's face. Awesome. Keep going. No, she sucked because she was just like, oh, let's go deeper into this cave. And yeah, she was see trying to get a good goes. news story. Yeah, but I mean, in the same sense, like, okay. You rule would do the same one. thing? No, no. And like a horror movie, rule number one, it's like, don't go into dark caves. First off, and just... they're not, they don't know that they're in a horror movie. They think they're in just in a regular life situation. No, that lady knew exactly what she was getting into. And she was totally. Totally like, let's just go further down she the ended rabbit up hole. Fine, though. Because I want to find some sort of story to report on. And then she's like, hey, mister, let's let's talk to you. And the guy's like, yeah, no. No. Like, <laughs> but I mean, who in their right mind would be like, hey, let's just like wander down this rabbit hole of uh, craziness and Mystery if your boss tells you, you probably should do it. But she, her boss didn't tell her. She just yeah, wanted to get do. more famous. She wanted to get yeah. a story so that she can further her career. So what's wrong with that? Um, it's called if ambition. If you're going to die. She doesn't know she's going to die. And she didn't die. No, she didn't die. She actually lived. She killed a couple people along the way well, by accident. I yeah. I she meant to. But, but no, I she mean, didn't do I'm anything wrong. She that. did everything right, actually, in that situation. She hail Ratma. Right. All right, guys. Uh, so yeah, cast replacements, nitpicks. I feel like we, you know, th- there's amateur actors and it's like short stories. So I feel like it would be uh, fickle to talk about those things. Fickle, like That's Einhorn. Mm-hmm. Fickle and Finkle. I. Finkle and I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Slater, <laughs> he could be gone. What was your favorite kill in the entire movie? And I have one, Andrew. You can go ahead if you want first, or I can go. Oh, favorite kill was the news. In the newsroom, when she yeah, throws up the venom on the co-anchor and burns his face, yeah, and I then actually, just yeah. goes back to talking about the news like it didn't happen. Yeah, I think you win with that one. That was. Uh, well, that I don't was think I won. I no, think that is. I, the best. I don't mean. I don't mean you win, but I. I, I mean, I always I'm win. I ag- <laughs> I'm saying I agree with you on that one. You know, one I really loved was the uh, the vampire kill with the uh, in the last segment with the guy going up the attic stairs and. You first see oh, the yeah. vampire opening his face like a Venus flytrap, and he rips that guy's face off. That was fucking that's so pretty awesome. awesome yeah, that's great really kill, great. great kill, great, oh, great practical effects, great vampire effects. Which I feel like we talked about this, Andrew. It's very tough to make vampires scary. I feel like um, that's one of the best um, depictions of vampires. I think. I've ever seen since like thirty days a night something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's very yeah. unique. It's extremely unique, and it should be talked about more. And maybe it will be. But yeah, thirty this days. This movie's only a couple awesome. weeks old, so maybe yeah, because yeah, that they did a phenomenal job with that. That whole yeah. storyline was amazing. 
Catherine, what about you? What was your favorite death? Um, I was going to say, I, I enjoyed both of your deaths that you just talked about. Um, I don't really know besides the one that I already mentioned with the girl that bashed the guy's head in with the camera. But Yeah, that was good too. Especially like when she's doing it, like she's meant to be doing it with the camera lens right. of the camera, like bashing his and face in the camera. She's getting bloodier and bloodier. Yeah. She's in the lens. Yeah. And he's getting the back end of the camera because you don't see him until she yep. turns the camera around. So. Okay. So uh, good, good choices by all, I'll say. Um, I already know the answers to this question, but I guess to what degree would this, would this franchise, the VHS franchise, make a good haunted house? I feel like it's perfectly... I feel like all of it. ...perfectly adapted for a haunted house because you could just do a different story in every room and it could be the same, like a different a different thing in every room. Yeah, I would be down with that. You could Absolutely. do a haunted house for each segment. Well, that's what fair. he's saying, yeah. That's, that's what 100% you're saying. what I'm saying, okay. yes. Okay, I'm saying you could probably have a whole story haunted, like, segment yeah. area of VHS haunted house year whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could do that easily. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, um, really cool. I think it would be great because there's been a lot of monsters that have come out of this franchise that are pretty cool looking. So I think it would be great. Oh, yeah. So, uh, with that being said, I would ask you guys, and I do have some information on this, do you think you are ready for a sequel to this movie? Uh, I think there's going to be whether we want one or not. Yeah, you're Because there's right. already been several VHS sequels. So. 5.0. Yeah. Right. I'd say uh, give me all the sequels, baby. Give me It'll all the sequels. It'll be VHS you know, aliens. Hey, like. you know what? It, 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 if, it, if an anthology movie does not do well, all you have to realize is that if there's a story or two that are good, it's all you can basically just do a new movie with different stories by different directors, and they could be good. It's An anthology is only as good as the new story that it's telling. That's pretty but much it. But the best anthologies are the ones that are cohesive and finish through great. Which Agreed. is why this one does not finish as a great anthology. Here's what I'll leave you with. During a roundtable interview with Dan Tabor of Synapse News, producer Josh Goldblum revealed that the production team, quote, already got ideas for the next VHS and that a potential sequel ultimately depends on the reception of VHS 94. And as I already mentioned, it has been the most successful premiere of a Shutter exclusive movie since Shutter's launch so i think we're it's safe to say that we're probably going to get a uh, a sequel to this movie we should i'm psyched for I it i thought it was so. awesome give me a vhs 95 96 97 98 whatever year whatever year you want i'm down for it i love nostalgia give me a vhs oh, yeah. 1945 all right all right any final thoughts on the vhs franchise or vhs 94 you guys i think they should do one that involves the moon landing the kennedy assassination cool. yeah. and uh VHS 65. That'd be interesting. And, Very um, interesting. VHS 79. I'd, I'd watch all those. Yeah, I'd watch any year. The moon landing and... Uh, let's get the day the of the music guy? Yeah, American Pie. VHS Buddy That'd Molly. be kind of interesting. No. To be... Well, actually, when you kind of mention it... Something like that would be kind of cool. Like a conspiracy theory? Like conspiracy theory Ooh, things? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then like yeah. VHS conspiracy and theories. Then do like Ooh, a, do actually, like, that's... Do like the alien we just pyramid, came up with the like, next VHS. Pyramids? <laughs> like the pyramids? The, the, yeah. Yeah, with the aliens. The and Sphinx all with the pyramids. The Sphincter? <laughs> well, definitely check out VHS 94 if you haven't yet. And I'd say before you do that, if you haven't watched the original three movies yet, watch those two. Because, uh, again, all the segments are of varying quality. Quality, 
and they're all pretty good to not that great. So check it out. <laughs> they're all pretty good to Ooh, not that bro. great. I mean, hey, how about not are, are every not every segment's going to be a home run. So. Right no. no, not quite yet. Um, before we get off air, here's where you can find us on social media. <laughs> first, first, and, yeah, don't, don't. First, if you're not gonna say, up, don't just. <laughs> first and foremost, on our website at ahhpod.com, ipod.com. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just go on there, search for America's Hometown Horror, and you will find us. You can also tweet at us at Hometown Horror, and you can find us on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. And if you feel so inclined to shoot us an email, you can go to Hometown Horror Podcast at gmail.com. And in terms of listening to our show, I mean, hey, wherever you're listening to us right now would be great for us. Uh, if you have Apple Podcasts, go on there, rate us, subscribe to us uh, the whole night, give us a review. And uh, we're also on Google, Spotify, nice. Stitcher Speaker, blah, 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 blah. My name is Mike. I've been joined by my esteemed co-hosts, uh, Catherine and Andrew. You guys, say goodbye to your listeners. Adios, muchachos. See you in hell, motherfuckers. <laughs> Good evening. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show because of course we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.